You're listening to Five Things with Lisa Birnbach. Hi, I'm Lisa Birnbach, and I'm in the studio in New York for the first time in 2020. Meanwhile, in West Grove, Pennsylvania, there's a young girl who is waiting in her principal's office to talk to us. I'm not kidding. Anyway, you'll hear all about her. But it's 2020, and it feels kind of like 2019. Same coffee table, same curtains, same chairs. It's all the same, but, you know, it kind of feels different. There's that saying, I've never really liked it, that life is not a dress rehearsal. And, of course, it's true, but in a way, it seemed to me, I can't really explain it, that 2019 was a dress rehearsal for this year, or at least a time of great preparation. If you're an American citizen, 2020 is a big year. We have a hugely consequential election in November, but first we will have something we rarely see in public, the impeachment trial of a sitting first-term president in an atmosphere of such divisiveness and so much dislike and mistrust and even hate. We have Harvey Weinstein's first criminal trials in New York are now underway with a subsequent trial discussed for Los Angeles afterwards. We may have a world war. We have a continent burning in the South Pacific, and many of us are starting the new year with new medical insurance. This is something that happens to me every January. I don't care for it. I'd love to have something continuous, and, and I'd like to be able to see my doctors more than one year at a time. And mostly, of course, there are new hair colors for that fascinating Kardashian family. Oh, what a glorious moment to be alive. But I am happy that today's guest is our youngest guest so far, and by far. I don't imagine we'll get anybody younger. Her name is Elena Gassler, and she is a 14-year-old inventor, among other things. She also likes to be in plays, and she does a lot of things. She's involved in a lot of clubs. We were able to do our interview from her principal's office before her Christmas vacation, and I know you will enjoy her enthusiasms and her accomplishments. I certainly did. But here is my list of five things that make life better. Number one, as I sort of hinted, life goes on. The calendar makes for some interesting evaluations and aha moments, but we are continuing our work, our journeys on the shoulders of those who came before. And hopefully our exhibits, our children and grandchildren will do the same. Number two, As I poured myself a cup of coffee in a go cup today, I thought about how nice and convenient it is to walk down the street or sit in a car and drink coffee or tea or water. The first Starbucks opened in Manhattan in 1994. It's only important because I live in Manhattan. Now, I wasn't an early adapter to Starbucks. And I have to be honest, I'm not a big fan of Starbucks on the basis of the taste of their coffee, really. But I could order coffee to go from coffee shops. And all the paper cups in New York had Greek ruins, columns printed on a blue background because I believe most coffee shops were owned for a long time by Greek immigrants. Anyway, it wasn't a thing to walk around with your coffee. I mean, if you had coffee and you walked in someplace, it was as if you were carrying a dirty tissue. Can I take that from you? You know, you couldn't really carry it around. But now no one thinks twice about walking around with their beverage, and it does make my life better that I can do that. Number three, 
I spent a good deal of time alone with my brother John on Sunday of this past week while we were marching together amongst 25,000 or more people against hatred and fear. It was a march organized to protest the rise in hate crimes, specifically those based in anti-Semitism and Islamophobia. We were but two of an enormous crowd. I saw all the New York lawmakers at the march. We met outside City Hall and marched across the Brooklyn Bridge to Brooklyn. It happened to be a beautiful day, and there was something really nice about it. But mostly, while feeling like I was doing something that was more than cyber lecturing or cyber scolding or whining, I think I'm prone to whining, we did something. And I enjoyed being with my brother. And there were times early, early Sunday where I said, no, I can't. I'm too tired. And he said, no, I'm too tired. And then sure enough, there we were. And I'm glad we were there. Number four, the novel called My Year of Rest and Relaxation by Otessa Moschweg. Now, I'm late to this party. It's been out a while. I actually had to order it from my local bookstore. They were out of it. And I can't tell you how much I enjoyed this first-person account of a young woman of privilege who just wants to sleep. All she wants to do is sleep. Everything that she does in her life seems to bother her, embarrass her, pain her, offend her. That includes people who are kind to her. And it includes human contact. She's she's really peculiar, but what she loves is to sleep, and she loves opiates, and she loves cough syrup, and she loves uh, sedatives, and she loves mixing them up together, even though her mother died of alcoholism. Anyway, you kind of think you should hate the protagonist, the narrator, but you care about her, and I cared so much about her, and... I love this book. It was howlingly funny. I, I I guess that's what art is. It makes you think many things at once. And uh, Otessa Moschweg is a truly talented young woman. And number five, I had a great checkup this week. So what more can I ask for? Maybe a conversation with young Elena Gassler? She's coming right up. Hi, it's Lisa Birnbach. You're listening to Five Things That Make Life Better. My guest today is a ninth grader, a 14-year-old from West Grove, Pennsylvania, who has won the top place prize in the nation in something called Broadcom Masters Competition, which is the most important science, I think, in engineering competition in the country. Her name is Elena Gassler, and she joins us from her principal's office. Hi, Elena. Hi. Well, it is so cool to actually get to talk to you. We read about you, and you're 14, and you have invented a technique, a gizmo and a technique, to get rid of blind spots in cars, Can you explain it better than I did, please? So I was able to get rid of the blind spot caused by the A-pillar in a car, which is the front support on the passenger side. And it supports the windshield and just the top of the car. And I did this by having a camera mounted on the outside of the car, right in front of the A-pillar. 
and the camera sent the video feed to a projector that was mounted over the driver's head, and the projector projected the image onto the blind spot, pretty much making it invisible or not there. I have to say I saw a video of it at work because um, because I really needed to know what we were talking about. And it, it so it's you're watching a movie of the driver can see exactly what is being blocked by this big hunk of metal by his or her right. I, I don't know, like two o'clock. Right. Would you say? Yeah. And mm-hmm. how did you even come up with the idea? to do this of all things you could have done so when I was thinking of ideas for a science project I noticed how my mom was getting frustrated with the large pillars in my dad's car because every time she drove and went to an intersection it would block out entire cars which made it really unsafe to drive and also My brother had just started driving at the time, Mm -hmm. and that was one of the reasons we didn't want him to drive my dad's car because the blind spots were so big. Because some cars have smaller ones, I guess? Mm Mm-hmm. So my mom's van has a very skinny A-pillars. Even though they still call it blind spots, my dad's car had unusually large ones. Now, had you ever done anything like this before? So I've done plenty of science fairs in the past. Um, My projects have almost always been engineering because I like to make stuff, but I've never worked with cars in particular. There's a rumor, Elena, that you are being flown to Sweden to explain your invention to car people in Sweden. Is that true? Yes. So Volvo is flying me out to Sweden where I get to meet with their head engineer, I believe, who is a woman who really supports girls in STEM. So wow. they just like me to present my project, but I'm mainly going to be there because she thinks what I did is really cool, and she'd like to give me a tour of their factory and such. That is so cool. That's so great. Are your parents going to go with you? Yes, I think the whole family's coming. Oh, that is nice. Now, at this point, now that you've gotten international acclaim, do you go through the process of applying for a patent? I would love to apply for a patent, but currently in the state that my prototype is in, there's prior art that has already been patented, kind of like it, a really long time ago. So if I do want to patent it, I would definitely make some tweaks on it to make it better and to have it be able to actually go into cars. Mm -hmm. And yeah, I just really want to be able to secure the project, but currently it's not in a patentable state. Oh, so interesting. And then you could license it to auto manufacturers. Yes, that's what I really want to do. One thing I want to do is um, maybe talk to Tesla because they're always looking for the future in their cars. And I I think it would be cool if they just got rid of all the blind spots in their cars. That would be cool. My gosh, Elena, that would pay for college (laughs) and maybe your doctorate. Um, The science classes you take in school, I know you go to a charter school. Um, Mm -hmm. Have you always been a science person and have you always felt that girls can do as much science as boys? I 
science has definitely not always been my best subject. Definitely not. It was actually my worst subject in the past years. I'm getting better at it. Oh, that's so funny. Yeah. I mainly focus on doing stuff such as engineering, which they don't teach us much of. Our school does offer engineering classes, which I have signed up for. And I definitely hope that I get in in the future. And I also have always felt that girls can do just as much as guys can do in science. And I learned that because everybody in my class, no matter their gender, they always have the same struggles with everything. But we're also all just have different, we're all better at some stuff and bad at other things. But it, I've never seen a pattern of it with being either a guy or a girl. You know, it's interesting. In my day, I'm so old that I was bad at science and math when I was in school. And my school, which was very old-fashioned, it was an all-girls school. We had to curtsy and we wore uniforms and stuff. Mm. A lot of spinsters teaching us. That's an old concept. They told me I was bad in science and math, and they didn't even bother to interest me in it. They didn't bother to say, well, maybe she's not that stupid. Maybe we have to find a way in for her, which Mm -hmm. I think today's educators are much better at. But you said something that, that I found so interesting, that not everybody is good in everything. And I think that's what makes a well-rounded class. In New York City, where I raised my kids, kids feel they have to be great in every subject. And consequently, they don't even know what they like anymore. They're just grinding away in every subject. What are the other things you like to study? Um. So... My favorite subject currently is math because I've always liked to plug numbers into equations and do stuff like that. I also love to do my video production class, which is an elective I'm taking. And it's a lot of fun to learn all that stuff because when I was younger, I wanted to like make movies and stuff and I do them on my iPad. And I think it's just really cool to learn how to actually do it it with good equipment. So that's another really fun thing that I'm doing. Oh, that sounds like a lot of fun. And tell me about your parents. Are they math whizzes or engineers? Yes, they are definitely all that stuff because yeah. they they both have a degree in engineering and they're both engineers and they are what really got me into science fair and just science in general. All my life, my dad and I would make fun little things in the basement because we have a workshop down there that we just make things. And my parents, even if I didn't want to when I was younger, they'd have me do the science fair, which I really appreciate their them wanting me to do it and making me do it because I've learned so much and it's not only because of the prizes I won, but I definitely have had lots of really cool experiences because of that. Oh, and, that's right. You won yeah. you won a big chunk of money for this invention. Yeah. You won twenty five thousand dollars. Yeah. That's cool. And you've won you've won cash prizes for previous science fairs as well? Yes, but nothing even close to twenty five thousand. Yeah, that's a lot of dough. <laughs> that is mm-hmm. a lot. Well, 
I think I think it's really cool that you've done this. I think that you are going to be responsible for great inventions in your life. I know that you're motivated to help the world through your discoveries. And I salute you, Elena. I think, you know, again, ninth grade, I was lying on the floor <laughs> of my shag carpeted bedroom, shag carpeted, and reading albums for lyrics to see if I could memorize them. And you are doing something a little bit more valuable to the community, <laughs> and we appreciate that. I wish you a happy, happy holiday, a really good trip to Volvo and Sweden, and I'd love to ask you what five things make your life better. Oh, well, first, I'd just like to say thank you so much for that. I really appreciate when people say those kind of things to me because it that is really what keeps me going with stuff like this, just support from people. And that's mainly what I would surround my five things that make life better around. Um, one of the things that make my life better is my school community because no matter what I've done through Science Fair or just in general clubs and stuff, my friends, teachers, and administrators have always been there for me. And they really have definitely been there for me through this whole Science Fair this year. I like you said, I'm currently in my principal's office because he's helping me do this podcast, which I think is really fun. And I've also learned so much from everyone here. And they're what started the science fair for my school, which I think is so much fun. That I get to do the science fair. So that's definitely one of the big ones. That's I make my life better. <laughs> oh, that is great. And and it's so cool that people are supportive and not jealous and, and mm -hmm. want you to be the best Elena you can be. Okay, let's get to number two. So number two would be all the mentors in my life. They have always motivated me, inspired me, and they just all together teach me to be a better person. My two, obviously, main mentors are my parents who have shaped me into who I am today, but they, and they encourage me to keep working and help me understand what steps I need to take in order to be successful because no matter what I'm doing, I always get stuck and they help me get out of whatever I'm having trouble with. And I wouldn't have gotten anywhere near achieving anything if it wasn't for them being there by my side. That's lovely. And, yeah. <laughs> Okay, Thank number you. three. Um, number three is just general creativity because even though a lot of people see me as a very science-oriented person, I have a huge creative side, which lets me escape all the stress and everything that's going on in my life with high school or science fair or anything else. And the main things I love to do is baking and crafting which is evident through my family's messy kitchen and craft room, definitely. <laughs> oh, that sounds great. Um, how many siblings do you have? I have two siblings, one younger brother and one older brother, and they also keep me going because it's just the sibling rivalry that makes me want to be better than them. So, uh, Yeah, <laughs> yeah. And yeah. do they also do science and engineering? Yes, my older brother even went to the International Science Fair. So we're all definitely very sciencey people. Mm -hmm. 
Yeah. Has he won a $25,000 Samueli Foundation Prize? No, not necessarily. Yeah, exactly. And number four? Um, just clubs and extracurricular activities that I do mainly with school. When do you have time? I don't know. I really don't have a lot of time. (laughs) A big part of my life, though, right now is clubs and those activities. I'm currently in Girl Scouts academic competition, which is something at my school where we compete with trivia questions. And then I'm in DECA or Distributed Educational Clubs of America, where I learn how to run a business, which I think is a lot of fun. Wow. Yeah. I'm in yearbook, which is, I like taking pictures and seeing everything that goes on at the school through that. Mm-hmm. I'm in the school musical and plays. I recently just came from finishing A Midsummer Night's Dream. My and gosh. <laughs> It's very difficult to learn Shakespeare, I can tell you that. No, I know. I know from experience. Who were and you? I was Helena. You were? That's yeah. a big part. Elena, <laughs> Elena, Helena, you're starting to make me feel very, very much like a loser. And it's not because you're trying, but man, you were Helena while you were inventing science projects that are going to help people live better lives and being in Girl Scouts and taking pictures for the yearbook and baking. My gosh. What and and tell me about Dressember. I've never heard of Dressember. Oh, so Dressember is something I'm participating in currently, which is where I wear a dress every day in December, even though it's absolutely freezing cold to raise awareness of modern-day slavery. And I learned this from someone that goes to a different school and is in a club called Style Swap where they do a bunch of fundraisers and such. And I think that this is really important to me because I've learned so much bad stuff about slavery in class that happened a while ago. And I know that As the days go on, it doesn't get any better with what's going on. And I've seen a lot of things about modern-day slavery, which can include trafficking and child labor and stuff like that. Mm -hmm. And I'd really like to raise awareness and be able to get people to donate so so we can end modern-day slavery just one dress at a time. Are you one of many at your school who's who's participating in Dressember or are you the you it? So I'm currently the only one that I know of at my school participating in Dressember and I recently just learned about it actually from my brother's girlfriend. She's the lead of the club, the head of the club that um is doing the Dressember thing. And there's tons of people throughout the world who are participating in it. But, and I'd love to introduce Dressember to my school. And that's one of the reasons why I chose to do it, just so more people would want to participate. Now, you're in a middle school, is that correct? Or are you you in high, because the competition was for middle school. But you must be in high school by now. Yeah. 
I am currently in high school. I'm a freshman. And the way that the science fair works is that you compete in eighth grade or seventh grade or sixth grade. And then if you get into Broadcom, well, the top 10% of middle schoolers in science fairs get the chance to apply. And then once they apply, they get they're not sure if they're going to get in and it takes quite a while for them to announce the top 300 since this year i think there are about 2300 applications mm. so then they pick the top 300 broadcom masters which is what they're called right and then they pick from those 300 the top 30 which that's such a stressful time in between the top 300 and then to the top 30 I was so nervous uh, that month that I had to wait for that but the top 30 finalists get to travel to Washington DC which definitely wasn't as big of as big of a trip as some of the kids in California right right um, and I should say that the program is owned and produced by the Society for Science and the Public. Yes. Number five, Elena. Number five is, I feel like this is an obvious one. It's just my friends in general. They're always so supportive in what I do, but in a different way than a lot of other people are because they aren't afraid to speak their mind about what's going on and what I do, which is really valuable because their feedback does make me a better person and makes me learn a lot of new things of how can I how I can improve everything that I'm doing and they are some of the most unproblematic people ever and I don't know I don't do anything but smile and laugh when I'm around them which makes my life so much better as a whole and whether we are competing or collaborating with what we're doing they're always there for me, and they always add so much to my life every single day. Elena, I am in awe of you. I swear, <laughs> I knew what you would achieve before we spoke, but the fact that you are a freshman and you're involved in so many activities in high school and you are well-liked and you are so articulate. If it had been me at 14, my top five things would have been, I don't know, James Taylor, The Beatles... Joni Mitchell, boys and boys <laughs> or something, or, and Clarisil. Uh You're really delightful and impressive and tell your parents hi from me and good job. I now Thank think you. of my own children as somewhat less special, but I'll get oh. over that. Now, they're old, but they're not making the world better for other people, but they're making the world a funnier place. But you, my friend, are delightful. Congratulations and thank you so much, Elena, for joining us today. Oh, thank you. You've been listening to Five Things That Make Life Better with me, Lisa Birnbach. My guest this week has been Elena Gassler, the 14-year-old winner of the 2019 Samueli Foundation Prize presented at the Broadcom master's competition for her project, Improving Automobile Safety by Removing Blind Spots. That's the name of it. 
You can subscribe to this podcast on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Stitcher, Google Play Music, YouTube, and iHeartRadio, or wherever you get your podcasts. My blog is at lisabernbach.com, and you'll find links and photos to all the things in this program and a video which will show you the blind spot corrector that Elena invented. This podcast is produced in New York City by thefieldtv.com. My engineer is Jimmy Regan. My team is Spressa Arucci, Michael Port, Boko Haft, and Sam Haft. Until next week, stay warm and act natural. Bye-bye. That was Five Things with Lisa Bernbach. New episodes every Friday, if she remembers.